Hey guys, it's Timmy, and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. It's Monday. It's January 2nd, 2023. We're starting a new year. We got some wrestling to talk about. We got a lot of things to talk about here today. Sasha Banks is not going to Japan alone. Mandy Rose did hit her million-dollar mark. What's going on with AJ Styles, WrestleMania, WWE's new headquarters, and so much more because again this is the wrestling wrap-up every monday and friday morning between 11 a.m and 11 30 a.m pacific we're live on twitch talking about the latest news in professional wrestling remember if you are watching live then you're watching live on twitch but you can also watch this video later whether that's youtube.com forward slash pw unlimited or listen to it on podcast services all around the globe like stitcher spotify google pod apple pod anchor iHeartRadio, and so much more if you are watching live on Twitch, then you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, just like Rosario9248 recently did, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime or access to anybody's Amazon Prime account, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and they always give you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember on the flip side, Head over there to, uh, excuse me, try not to sneeze all of a sudden. Ooh, you can head over to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited and become a channel member as a channel member. You get early access to news, early access, podcast episodes, early access, non-news videos, all of our graphics packages, and so much more. Also remember, you can get all of that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PW unlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're getting Star Wars Jedi Survivor, you know, the game comes out in March, you're going to pre-order it, pre-order it on the Epic Game Store. Whether you're getting Marvel's Midnight Suns, whether you're getting Elden Ring, God of War, Goat Simulator, Spider-Man Remastered, or Cyberpunk, use this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you we supporting us at no extra cost. They've even got free games. The free games right now are Dishonored Definitive Edition and Eximus Seize the Frontline. Again, when buying or claiming the free games, use this code. Trying to get bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse? Use this code at PWUnlimited. They even got free stuff for all those games right now. You can get free skins for all of those games. And when you do claim those free skins and whatnot, use this code. Code, whether you're getting the Christmas tree for Fall Guys, whether you're getting the weird looking duck build, whatever you want to call him in Fortnite that's Christmas themed, use our code for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases, and you will be directly supporting us at no extra cost to yourself. But with that, we have some news to talk about. The first news story we're going to talk about, actually, kind of warm in my room for some reason. Let me click, click, kick my fan on, and then we'll get going. So the first news story we have to talk about has to do 
with Sasha Banks. We're a day and a half or whatnot away from Sasha making her New Japan debut, presumably. I mean, unless everybody's been wrong, Sasha will be wrestling, or not wrestling, but appearing for New Japan Pro Wrestling tomorrow night, Wrestle Kingdom 17. And again, that show is supposed to start, I want to say, 11 p.m. Pacific. And according to Dave Meltzer, he thinks, and this is not him knowing anything for certain or anything, but he thinks that Sasha could be early in the show. Like, by 12.30 Pacific. And I think the reason he thinks that is because this whole woman's title thing and bringing in Sasha Banks is supposed to be for the American audiences, for the Western audiences. So you want to get her on there early so that way people don't go, oh, I'm too tired, I'm going to not watch anymore, and then zonk out and not see the Sasha stuff or have to watch it later on Twitter or New Japan World or whatever. So they put her on early with the hopes that more fans from, you know, the United States and the UK and the Western fans, you call them, the Western fans, see her. But it sounds like, well, old Sasha Banks ain't going to Japan alone. According to a new report from Mike Johnson over at PW Insider. Mike Johnson writes the following. PW Insider can exclusively confirm that Banks' WWE Women's Tag Team Championship partner Trinity Naomi Fatu is currently slated to be in Japan. Should Fatu appear in some fashion at Wrestle Kingdom 17, it would be her first appearance in wrestling circles since she and Banks walked out of a May 2022 WWE. He wrote Friday Night Smackdown taping, but it's Monday Night Raw. They walked out of a Raw, not a Smackdown. You Correct me if I'm wrong and Mike Johnson's right, but I'm 99% sure they walked out of a Raw, not a SmackDown. Anyways. New Japan sources would not confirm that they would be bringing in Naomi. And um, the, uh, New Japan sources would not confirm that they are bringing Naomi in. An intimate... Why does he write this? Uh, initiated. She would be coming on her own accord. That's written weird. So it may be that Fatu is simply traveling to Japan to join Vernado at the event to support her, but not be seen on the show. So basically what he's saying is Trinity Fatu, the former Naomi, is going to be or most likely going to be in Japan this week. Whether she's in there just to be there with Sasha or to actually be on the show with Sasha is unknown. WWE um, does not have Naomi under a deal that is known right now. Her current deal was supposed to be up this past summer, and it's unclear if they froze that deal or just let it expire. So there we go. Naomi is slated to be in Japan with Sasha Banks or Mercedes Vernado or Mercedes Monet or Monet Banks, whatever name she's going to be going by. She is supposed to be in Japan with her. And it's unclear if she's actually going to be on the show, make an appearance or not. So we'll see because Banks and Naomi are not listed on WWE's internal rosters either. So it's like those two done. According to multiple reports, Sasha was a free agent to do anything she wants in wrestling as of yesterday, January 1st, 2023. So this is an interesting one, a very interesting one because 
Naomi's not been talked about much as far as this walkout does go. It's all been about Sasha. And it's always been, well, Sasha got this opportunity and brought Naomi with her. Sasha got this opportunity and brought Naomi with her. Sasha was at this red carpet event and brought Naomi with her. Sasha walked the runway at, you know, New York Fashion Week, brought Naomi, got Naomi on there with her. So it's like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on here and why we've heard so little about, you know, Naomi Real name Trinity Fatu. But in keeping with women who are no longer in WWE, we got to talk about the former NXT Women's Champion in Mandy Rose. So Mandy Rose was fired by WWE last month because of her fan time account, because of the nature of the content that was being posted there, as far as it being too sexual for WWE's liking. The rumor is that they asked her if she could stop posting the content. She said no, and they said, well, if you're not going to stop, we're going to have to let you go. Then, about a week after all that went down, her manager told TMZ that Mandy's made, a, made half a million dollars already and is on track to make a full million by Christmas. Well, Fantime has confirmed that as Fantime actually took to their Instagram and posted the following. Let's pull this up here on the screen. And time right here. They stated, Congratulations to Mandy Sachs for making $1 million in a month. Finish 2022 like a champ. So this does confirm what her manager was saying, that she was in line to make a million dollars by Christmas. Well, at least by the end of the month. Oh. So that's an interesting one. That's a very interesting one. <clears throat> and it's like, yes, they could have said that she that her account made a million dollars, but that doesn't fully mean that Mandy herself made a million dollars because Mandy's got a lot of things. We don't know if this is a million dollars before or after Fantime took their cut because Fantime's going to take, I want to say, a 20% cut or something like that. Then she's going to have to put some aside to pay taxes because you make a million dollars, you got to pay taxes. I mean, anything over $600 you have to claim. Then not only that, she's got to pay that manager and anybody else on her, on her social media team or any photographers that she's working with, any videographers, any editors, any, uh, anybody. So yes, the account may have made a million dollars, but that's, it's unclear if it's a million dollars that she gets to take home herself after she pays everything out, or after all of her expenses and business stuff, or if it's a million dollars and then she's got to take all that stuff. So the account itself most likely made a million dollars, but she's not taking home a cool mill, I don't think. And I could be wrong, but I don't think. In line with all that, we got some more women's wrestling talk as this one shifts over to AEW and what went down with Ty Mello, Sammy Guevara, and them not appearing for AAA last week and being stripped of the Mixed Tag Team Championships. So at the December 28th, 2022 AAA Noches de Compañas show, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti were supposed to defend the AAA Mixed Tag Team Championships, but instead were stripped of the belts. 
They were originally scheduled to face Lady Shan Shani and Octagon Jr., as well as Commander and Sexy Star 2. Both Guevara and Mello were, however, absent from the show, and Mello actually appeared on AEW Dynamite that same night. They were replaced in the match for the vacant titles by M Abismo Negro and Flamer. AEW or AAA head of talent relations, Conan, actually went into detail on his Keeping It 100 podcast talking about all of this, stating the following. Tony Khan pulled Ty because some girl, I don't know who, had COVID. I'm not sure why Sammy was pulled because he didn't even appear on the effing show. He said the first time they missed their flights as far as them missing other dates for AAA. The second time, the girl is Brazilian, Ty Mello. When I was handling Ray's business, Ray Mysterio, in WWE, they wanted him to go to Brazil to get a visa is not easy. She needed to get a visa. And this is a problem we've had with Phoenix and Daga, all these people. They wait until the last minute to get a visa. Ty sent me her visa papers. I tried to get my visa. I couldn't get it on time. We'll be at the next show for sure. They sent me a video. Everything was cool. And they did post a video. Now, this is me editorializing a little bit. They did post a video saying, well, we can't make this show. Well, we can't make that show. And we can't make this show. But we can make the 28th. The 28th will work for it. And then they didn't. Conan continues on by stating, the next thing I know, Tony pulled her because somebody had COVID. What I don't understand is why they didn't send Sammy. Sammy didn't do shit on the show. Larry, da uh, Larry Dallas, AAA's announcer, would support Conan's re recollection of events and criticize Tony Khan's decision, concluding, quote, Tony Khan has about 100 people on his roster. One person got sick, and he decides to screw another company, I guess, and put Ty in a meaningless match that means nothing for her. That's the way I view it. Apparently, someone got COVID, and someone got sick, so they had to use Ty. They were supposed to lose the titles a couple of weeks ago, I do believe. So them being stripped of the belts is okay because they were going to lose the belts anyways, I guess. But it, it's very interesting as far as the reasoning for them not being at the show after they literally made a video backstage at an AEW show doing the whole... Oh, can we work the first? No, December 1st doesn't work for me. December 7th? December 7th doesn't work for me. What about December 17th? Nah, I got a hair appointment. I got a December 17th, this and that, and da-da-da-da-da. December 17th is the one they missed because of her visa issues. Then, they literally say in the video, December 28th? Well, I have this appointment, but I can push it back a day. Yeah, December 28th works. And Sammy's like, yeah, I can get my teeth whitened any day. December 28th works for me. We'll be there. And it's like, come on. What? And so, yeah. In a response, though, to an earlier video posted by WrestleTalk about this, Guevara had commented on the video stating that he and Mello didn't miss their flights and that the visa issue is all true and that AEW did indeed pull both of them from the AAA show, as Sammy stated the following in a comment on a WrestleTalk video talking about this same topic. Quote, we never missed a flight. That part is not true. The visa issue was true. And then AEW pulled Ty and myself. We are just doing what we are told to do. So. Blame Tony Khan. Ty and Sammy supposedly did nothing wrong here. It sounds like it's all 
Tony Khan. And there was also another news story that came out last week in the Wrestling Observer newsletter that I believe we touched on on Friday, but it kind of all falls in line with all of this now. The AAA is now weary of putting their titles on AEW people. That the reason the titles were pulled off of FTR, the tag titles, was because, well, it's been hard to get them booked in Mexico. That they have to go work around AEW's schedule. And now as we see here, AEW can just say, screw you, we'll pull them from anything. So, hopefully, there's not some ill will between AEW and AAA. Now, we know that when FTR lost the tag titles, he lost the tag titles to Drillistico and Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee going to WWE, so they immediately vacated the tag titles. And Dorian Roldan, one of the head guys of AAA, actually praised Dragon Lee's decision to go to WWE, hence leading to speculation that maybe AAA would rather work with WWE than AEW, or maybe both, or something. I don't know what's going on with all that. But there's a lot of rumors swirling and all this kind of stuff that AAA is not happy with AEW, but they're praising one of their guys leaving for WWE. So it could be something, could be nothing. We'll have to wait and see. But speaking of all elite wrestling and people not working, it looks like one AEW wrestler is currently out of action, unfortunately, with an injury. So looking at this, Matt Hardy actually tweeted out, confirming that Mark Quinn is injured as Hardy tweeted the following. Pull this up on the screen. Since Mark Quinn is going to be out of action for a bit, myself and Isaiah Cassidy are marching forward. Tonight, we team up on Dark Elevation and plan on stealing the show. It's a new year, and I'm going into it with a new attitude. So right here, Matt Hardy does confirm that Mark Quinn is out injured. We do not know the nature of his injury, but he is out injured. Hence, why Matt is teaming with Isaiah instead of Mark teaming with Isaiah on, I want to say it's, Yes, tonight's edition of AEW Dark. So I just thought we'd bring that little quick hit in for you guys, let you know that's why Private Party hasn't been looking like they're at full steam because, well, one of them is out injured. But as we shift our gears and talk about WWE news, it looks like WWE is going to be in their new headquarters by WrestleMania or right after WrestleMania sometime this April. In a new report from CT Insider, they do state that WWE's new Stanford headquarters opens, opens in early 2023 as they write the following. The new home of the biggest sports entertainment company is set to open within the next few months. In the first phase of operations at its new headquarters at 707 Washington Boulevard, WWE plans to open offices within the downtown property's 13-story tower towards the end of the first quarter of 2023, according to a WWE spokesman. The ooh, an ad just popped up on this. The remainder of the office and production space in the new hub, which will cover about 400,000 square feet, is scheduled to open in mid-2023. So from that right there, it looks like everybody that's got just a regular office could be moved in by April, and then everything else as far as production stuff We'll be in by the middle of the year, maybe summertime or something. It goes on to state that WWE is planning to move 
all of its Stanford-based employees to the new headquarters in 2023, with more than 800 people working there once all of the company's space has opened, according to the spokesperson. The company is not planning to keep any employees at its current headquarters at 1241 East Main Street on the city's east side, or at its production center at 88 Hamilton Avenue a few blocks from the other building. Current headquarters is not for sale, but WWE would entertain discussions with interest from parties, according to the spokesperson. The new headquarters is the centerpiece of the revival of the complex at 677 and 707 Washington Boulevard, which stood entirely empty for a couple of years after banking giant UBS in 2016 relocated its local offices across the street to 600 Washington. WWE's production space will be housed in a seven-story pavilion, which once hosted one of the world's largest trading floors when UBS was based there. The Paco giant <clears throat> Philip Morris International is the property's largest tenant. In November, it opened its new offices with covering about 71,000 square feet. PMI was formerly headquartered in Midtown Manhattan. There are a number of other tenants, including professional services firms KPMG and architect firm Perkins Eastman, with their respective arrivals in the fall of 2018 and spring of 2019. PE and KPMG became the first companies to take space at 677 Washington following the departure of UBS. WWE is relocating its home based on <clears throat> based at a time of significant change for the company. For the third quarter of 2022, WWE's revenue jumped 19% year over year for about $305 million. But a decline in, in, uh, decline in quarterly profits reflected nearly $18 million in costs related to its recently completed investigation of alleged misconduct by former Chief Executive Officer Vince McMahon, who announced his retirement back in July. So basically, they're not having they're not gonna have their own building. It's a 17, 13-story office space that houses other companies as well. But the weird thing here is, and I'm going to pull this image up on the screen. From the way this is written, it sounds like WWE is not the only ones in the building. It has a right now. Their logo's all over this thing. I'm going to pull this up. This is going to be, uh, give me one second. I'm going to do something different here. I'm going to pull these images up because it's kind of hard to see them on the website. Um, we have these three images here. This is the new building. And you got front and center right up top, WWE's logo. Then you got over here, a WWE logo. Then you also have over here on the other side, a WWE logo. So if WWE is not the only ones in this building, it's like, hmm. Well, actually, these are two different buildings. And now that we look at it, as we see here in this image, so you have this building here with the big WWE logo on it, which I believe is the new building. And then you have this building down here with a WWE logo on it, which is also this building. So these two are different sides of the same building. And then you have this building. Let's go back to the article really quickly and just double check the captions on that to see if they're. Uh, let's see. Um, so the first image says, yeah, it's the new building. WWE's headquarters at 677 Washington Boulevard in Stanford. 
photographed on November 3rd, 2022. Then the other one is WWE plans to open. Okay, WWE plans to open his new headquarters at, hold on, so yeah, at 677 Washington Boulevard in downtown Stanford, Connecticut. So these pictures were taken on November 3rd. It looks like two different buildings, but it might be two different buildings, but all one considered one facility, maybe. Not 100% sure. But WWE should have everything moved in there by the middle of the year is what it's sounding like. Keeping on with WWE and stuff they're doing in April, WrestleMania. WrestleMania comes to us in April, and it looks like WrestleMania is all but nearly sold out. A huge update has emerged as far as ticket sales do go for WrestleMania 39, set to take place on April 1st and 2nd in SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. The Hollywood-themed event will be the first WrestleMania booked under Triple H, following Triple H taking over last year when Vince McMahon stepped away. Per WrestleTix, both nights of the event are nearly sold out, with WWE approaching 100,000 tickets sold in total for the big weekend event. With the SoFi Stadium setup currently allowing a capacity of 51,146 on both nights, 49,584 tickets have been distributed for the April 1st show, with 50,114 tickets sold for the April 2nd show. WWE has yet to announce any matches for the event or give us a look at what the stage is going to be, but it looks like WWE is rolling forward with a great, great event as far as ticket sales do go for the wrestling giant. So with that, kudos on WWE for basically selling out WrestleMania so far. We know that, yes, they say 51,146 tickets are going to be set for both nights, but that doesn't mean that more tickets can't be opened up. More seating can't be placed. Once they get the stage going and everything's set up the week of or the week before or two weeks before, whenever they do, then they can go, well, we have this space over here we're not using. Let's throw... 50 more seats over there. Let's throw 100 more seats over here. They could do stuff like that because, and I'm going to look at something here. SoFi Stadium capacity. I feel like they're going to have a lot of space. Yeah. So SoFi Stadium, seating-wise, just for a football game, 70,000. And can be expanded up to 100,000 for major live events if they use the floor. So, depending on WWE's stage setup, they can open up a good amount more seating if they really wanted to. They can open up a lot more floor seats, and I get it. You can fit 70,000 in the actual bowl. But you're going to have the big stage, and you're going to block a bunch of stuff on one quarter of the stadium. So you're not going to want to put people behind the stage. So we'll see how it all does go by the time WrestleMania does come. I assume they're going to announce 60,000 each night, even though it's 51 that they're setting up for. But kudos WWE for intriguing fans enough to want to go to WrestleMania next year and basically sell it out. As far as WrestleMania does go next year, we got champions, some people, excuse me, some people that are current champions may still be champions when we get to WrestleMania, but one current champion was missing this weekend, and that's Austin Theory. The United States champion did not work the live events. We have a little, I guess you could say, rumor killer on his absence. 
WWE's live event on December 30th saw a change of plans when it was revealed that the new main event would not see Seth Rollins taking on Austin Theory, but Seth Rollins taking on Bobby Lashley. Originally, the announced main event for the non-televised match didn't happen. The match would actually end up being a United States, or yeah, the match would end up being a cage match, though, with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. So Bobby Lashley, even though the arena announced him for the match, wasn't even there. Speaking on last night's Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer did state the following on Theory's absence. Quote, Theory on Friday was not in Toronto, but I was told it's not an injury or anything like that. He's supposed to be. He was supposed to be in the main event with Seth. I don't know if it's an issue going across the border or not. The building put it out, which is really weird because WWE usually doesn't put out that someone's not going to be there. I was told that Theory is going to be at least as a few hours ago would be wrestling Seth on Raw. And there's no problem or injury or anything like that. So I don't know what this was. So some actually did go online and be like, ah, Theory missed the show. Uh, is he injured? Is he hurt? What's the deal? According to Dave Meltzer, he's not hurt. According to yesterday afternoon or yesterday evening, Theory was not injured as far as what he was told and that everything should be good going forward because Theory's supposed to be working tonight in a U.S. title match against Seth Rollins. But when we speak of Injuries in WWE. One WWE superstar was injured last week and did give us an update on his injury as AJ Styles has suffered a broken ankle. AJ tweeted out the following Saturday, just giving us an update on what exactly happened. AJ Styles tweeted, quote, Just want you guys to know that I'm okay. Broken ankle is what I'm dealing with. No surgery. This is just, this just takes some time to recover. This will be the longest I've ever been out of the ring. Thanks for the prayers and get well wishes. So what happened during the match was AJ Styles was going for the phenomenal forearm on Finn Balor. Finn countered it and basically tossed AJ over him, over the ropes, and to the floor. AJ seemingly broke his ankle during that spot, crashing down to the floor. AJ would jump back into the ring. He was hobbling, couldn't really do much. I guess word got back to somebody, I think I'm hurt. He slid out of the ring on the other side over by the ramp and just sat down against the steel steps. And the finish of the match was changed from AJ winning with a phenomenal forearm to Carl uh, Anderson rolling up Finn Balor. AJ ultimately had to be helped to the back. Couldn't put any weight on the broken ankle. And then he told us, hey, it is a broken ankle. Now here's some interesting stuff regarding AJ Styles. Because AJ Styles, as he said, this may be the longest he's ever been out of action. Now, AJ Styles, or a broken ankle, actually, I should say first. About six weeks if you don't need surgery. AJ doesn't need surgery. So, technically, about six weeks, and he could be back. Now, that's just an estimation from what is, you know, how others have recovered from broken ankles in sports. Not just in professional wrestling, but in sports. Six weeks, and then you can get cleared to return. But as far as AJ Styles, AJ Styles is a machine when it comes to pro wrestling. AJ Styles has been wrestling since the early 2000s. And here's an interesting stat. AJ Styles has wrestled at least one match a month since April of 2013. And AJ Styles has only had four months off, like period, like combined total time. 
since September 2020 or September 2001. Think about that. In 22 years, 21 years, AJ Styles has only ever missed a combined four months of in-ring time. Total. Wild. And since 2013, when basically right before he left Impact, has had a match at least once a month since then. Because AJ left. I want to say he finished up at Bound for Glory. I could be wrong on that one. But he left in 2013. Then he went and worked New Japan and Ring of Honor and some other indies and whatnot before going to WWE in 2016. But since 2013, April of 2013, AJ Styles has had at least one match a month. Crazy to think about that. And that throughout his entire career, he's only missed four months con- like total combined. Not many wrestlers could say that. Because you've got guys like John Cena, who's missed four months here with this injury and five months here with this injury. Triple H missed almost a year a couple of times with quad injuries and this and that. And so the only other person I can think of that's had that little time away is The Miz. I mean, yeah, Miz takes time off here and there and this and that. But as far as like consecutive and overall time, Miz is usually there. Miz is usually on the show, whether he works or not. He's usually there on TV or at the house show. Well, no, not really at the house shows anymore. He's got that cushy. I don't work many house show schedule, but that's just the other one that comes to mind as far as someone not getting injured much. But AJ is out with a broken ankle. Unfortunately, unless there's a miracle, it looks like he will miss the Royal Rumble, which is very unfortunate. But with that, guys, that's all I got for you today for the wrestling wrap-up. I want to say thank you for joining me here. But you're also going to need to join me again tonight because tonight is Monday Night Raw. It's a live episode on Monday Night Raw. It ain't no pre-recorded best of crap we got last week. No, it's a real, real new Monday Night Raw. And two things, two title matches, that is, have so far been announced for the show. So let's pull it up right here and tell you what you can expect as far as what we know so far for tonight's Monday Night Raw. First off, we do know that the Raw Women's Championship will be on the line tonight when Bianca Belair defends against Alexa Bliss. Also, the United States Championship will be on the line tonight when Austin Theory defends against the former champion in Seth Rollins. So with that, these two things are the only two things that have so far been announced for tonight's Monday Night Raw. And if we do hear anything else throughout the day, we will, of course, update you and let you guys know. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday have a great rest of your week. If you don't show up and get into the stream tonight, have a good one, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.